0: Hi, I'm Ben Max from Gotham Gazette. and I'm Jarrett Murphy from City Limits. And today we're talking about an issue that is very prominent in this year's mayoral campaign, this year's campaign for all the 2021 offices, that is health. Uh, Obviously after a year when the city has been utterly transformed by a global pandemic, uh, health is on the radar screen just by every candidate uh, in in more ways than one and in more prominent ways probably than any election uh, in our lifetime.
1: Right. And as we're coming out of the impact of this pandemic, hopefully, and you know more people are getting vaccinated, this is obviously front and center for folks as the 2021 campaign unfolds. One of the big questions will be what the next mayor and the next city government really have on their hands in terms of the, the pandemic, its outcomes, and then what they've been talking about doing uh, as this campaign has unfolded. But the issue of health and public health are obviously of utmost importance uh, for people to live their lives, things intersecting with just about everything else from education to workplace success to housing, Um, the intersectionality of of health and public health are obviously immense and and touch so many other issue areas. And of course, the issue of whether New York City is safe uh, in terms of from a public health standpoint Will matter in terms of whether jobs come back, tourism, and so much more.
0: And it's interesting, health is not one of those issues that's a perennial kind of top tier topic in campaigns, you know, like education or policing or even housing. Uh, But it's really elemental to what municipal government is about and and always has been. You know, some of the um, basic elements of what New York City has provided to its public for hundreds of years has been about health, whether that's the water system. The sanitation system, um, some of the early tenement laws were really about health. Parks obviously have a health impact, and certainly the public hospital system. And even today, it's an issue that touches a lot of different things, um, some of them not necessarily obvious. You know, health is a factor when we're talking about traffic. When Mayor Bloomberg was talking about congestion pricing, it was about reducing traffic to reduce emissions and help people who have or could potentially uh, get asthma. Um, city beaches are closed when health officials believe there's been too much rain and likely too much sewage has washed into the water. Uh, and obviously things like school food um, embody a lot of different health issues. Uh, health is one of those things in New York City, like so many things, that's characterized by very, very stark disparities, uh, even in terms of life expectancy. Um, and that's obviously driven by poverty, by race, by environmental factors. Over the years, mayors of New York City have had to deal with a range of different health issues and have dealt with it in varying degrees of success. Uh, AIDS, the AIDS crisis was a major test for Ed Koch, one that many people thought he uh, fell down on. Uh, Mayor Giuliani had to deal with uh, sort of one of the more interesting infectious diseases with West Nile. People remember having to shut their windows when the trucks that were spraying the city went by and obviously the spray they used was ultimately proven to be not a particularly good idea. Um, Health was a hallmark of the Bloomberg administration, the smoking ban, uh, the ban on trans fats, attempts to ban big sodas, um, calorie counts, restaurant ratings, all obviously with a health impact. Mayor de Blasio came in talking about addressing some of those health disparities um, and did some work on that. But I think it's safe to say that his mayoralty will more be remembered for some of the health threats that came to the city during his time, beginning with Ebola, then a couple of Legionnaires outbreaks, the Zika virus, Zika virus, which was scary at the time, and of course, COVID-19 is one that will define his mortality forever and is very much defining the race to replace him.
1: And I'll also put in there you know, the lead paint crisis that unfolded that we know dates back to at least the Bloomberg years, but became a major focal point of the de Blasio years when it came to lead paint, especially in, in NYCHA complexes was, was another big public health issue uh, of the de Blasio years. But as you said, you know, COVID has overtaken everything and is, of course, such a big piece of the election that's unfolding in this 2021 year, where um, you know we're a year into the pandemic now and beyond. The vaccination efforts are unfolding, and there's a lot of talk uh, in this race about both how vaccination could have done better, which. You know, again, the next mayor probably won't have to deal with, although we don't know if there'll be booster shots needed. What will happen with some of the variants? So this is a very live and fluid conversation. But it also gets at sort of the healthcare infrastructure that the city has. It gets at uh, health disparities, as you got at. It gets at you know issues around the lack of trust in some communities for health guidance because of, of past injustices. I mean, there's so much at play here that's now coming into the conversation in this mayoral race and in other races for city offices, especially uh, many city council races as well. And so, you know, one of the most important parts of this discussion is learning the lessons uh, from what happened during COVID-19, but also not necessarily having the same conversation as if the same exact disease will come the next time and the city needs to be ready for COVID-19
0: again that's right and i think you know covid-19 really just reflects the deeper truths about health as an issue and it's obviously something that intersects with a lot of other policies that candidates are talking about or should be talking about whether that's nutrition or open space housing as a health issue is something that's gotten more and more attention you know lead paint being one example of how people's housing can affect their health, mold, health, mold being another. Um, obviously, we're not just talking about physical health. We can't do that. Mental health is a health issue, just as physical health is. And it's one that Mayor de Blasio and his First Lady focused on through the Thrive NYC program. That was a pretty controversial effort, very expensive, criticized from the outset for having kind of too broad a focus at, at various times, Of mental illness. It's recently been uh, streamlined to focus more on people who are dealing with more severe forms of that illness, but that's an issue people will be talking about. And then, of course, the kind of the economics and infrastructure issues, you know, on the demand side, getting people covered. The mayor has this New York City care program to try to help the uninsured, including the undocumented, uh, get primary care through the public hospital system that has signed up, I think, about 35, 40,000 people out of a targeted 300,000 or so, so that has a ways to go. And then the hospital system, the public hospital system, DeBlasio put a lot of money into shoring that up a few years ago and it did succeed at stabilizing it. COVID has unstabilized it for a lot of reasons. And I think we're still waiting to find out exactly what impact the federal stimulus will have how usage patterns will change in coming years to perhaps um, salvage that system, and also what will happen at the state level where you know Medicaid is a major driver of revenue to that system and Governor Cuomo has put into place a lot of changes and threatened a lot more changes. And that also affects private hospitals. One of the things that came up a lot in the early days of COVID when we were worried about hospital capacity is that New York City has a lot fewer hospital beds than it did 20 years ago, some 20,000 fewer beds. 16 or so hospitals closed in and around the city, that reflects a whole mix of very complex changes, um, some uh, good and some bad in the healthcare system, but it's of part of the picture of, you know, what kind of hospital capacity do we need? And without hospitals, how do you make sure that you not just have people with insurance so they can get healthcare, but have the providers available and reasonably accessible and convenient so people can actually get it?
1: Yeah, let me let me hit on a few things you just said. That was a great, great overview. Um, you know, one thing on the mental health front is obviously the Thrive NYC program became a lightning rod. It seemed like it was one of these de Blasio administration ideas that had a lot of validity to it. It had a lot of really good focus on equity, like a lot of what the mayor and his administration had mm-hmm. put out. Mm-hmm. But then the execution was really poor. They didn't do a very good job of designing it, of measuring it of really running it. Um, and so it caused them all sorts of problems and really has become, whether it's fair or not, one of the biggest sort of scandal, boondoggle type uh, headlines and narratives of the de Blasio year. So one thing we're seeing in the current mayoral race is people, uh, to varying degrees, candidates criticizing that program, saying they'll scrap different parts or it has to be rethought or defunded or whatever it might be. But The bottom line is having really good mental health care plans is also a very important part of this discussion, especially coming out of COVID and the trauma that the city has experienced and its residents have experienced losing well over 30,000 New Yorkers. Uh, The school year loss, there's, you know, candidates talking about better mental health care in schools, which was needed anyway, but now is needed even more so, so many of these things um, you know, have to be dealt with. Whether people like Thrive NYC or not, it has to be part of the discussion around how do you execute better mental health care for New Yorkers moving forward, and that ties in with the question of insurance. There's something like six hundred thousand New Yorkers who lack health insurance. As you said, the the city has implemented a program to try to get more people lined up. There's something somewhere around three hundred thousand or so undocumented New Yorkers who don't have health insurance, there's major barriers to getting it. And the mayor launched this program to try to at least get people something of a health care card and lined up with a primary care physician, which is so important. So there's candidates talking about some of that, as well as trying to create some sort of new New York City public option for folks, including undocumented New Yorkers. So that'll be an important part of the conversation. And then lastly, you know, on the infrastructure part, there are questions about the health and hospitals public system, but that goes beyond its 11 major hospitals into sort of community centers and where people can get care. Mm -hmm. And the biggest shift that continues to need to happen in healthcare, which is sort of preventative, holistic healthcare to help people live healthier, be healthier, to help people manage minor problems so they don't become major problems. I mean, all these things are talked about all the time. They're very obvious. But there really needs to be more movement on it because we've seen through COVID how devastating a really serious disease like this can be on people with pre-existing conditions.
0: Yeah, and I think as you referenced, the candidates are talking about some of that stuff, you know, in varying degrees with different points of emphasis, uh, talking about the need for increasing access, talking about uh, the healthcare workforce as a potential workforce development vehicle and a place where some more diversity would be handy, um, and some of them talking about you know gun violence as a health issue and explicitly calling out the racial diversity issues, the um, racial skews within healthcare and some other racial problems within the healthcare system, uh, and that's the people who are running for mayor. And obviously, as is true with every issue we reviewed in this series and every issue period. You know, it's not just the mayor on his or her own making policy through the Department of Health and Mental Hygiene or the Health and Hospital System. Um, the council obviously has some oversight powers, a budgeting role, can pass some health laws, the State Department of Health with the governor, state legislature in there, but also you have the Medicaid and Medicare systems. Um, the Medicaid especially has a healthy state component, but there's a federal role there too. Um, you have the hospitals and their powerful lobbying group, the Hospital Association, private insurers, and of course, the healthcare unions are big players in politics too. 1199 to a lesser degree in terms of number, but not in terms of sort of strength and volume uh, is the nurses association. And so all those players are in the mix. And as we come down to the last, what is it now 90, 90 or so days of the campaign, Ben, what do you think are some of the big health questions we should be asking candidates and people running for office?
1: Well, I got at one of these before, but let me say, let me say two. I mean, one is going back to what I was just saying, which is what's your sort of holistic plan for healthcare that includes everything from better health education in schools to better meals being served in schools, to parks and open space, to encouraging more biking safely in the city, all the way up through what I was getting at a moment ago around community health centers, getting people lined up with primary care physicians, preventative care. You know, what, what is your holistic plan? And then the, the second thing is how, did it, how are candidates thinking about that without trying to only design plans that are as if we're waiting for COVID-19 to come and, you know, we're going to fight this last war that we just are getting through. Now, there's certainly things that can be taken away from that, but what's your holistic plan? What's your plan for healthcare infrastructure in the city without just trying to be reactive to what we just went through? How about you?
0: I think you know, those are great questions. I think I'd also add, you know, when we talk about health disparities, that the, that is a very helpful aspect of the problem to talk about the racial element, the element of um, income disparities and how that shapes health outcomes, but it also can lend a kind of circular aspect to the conversation where, you know, we can't solve the health stuff until we solve poverty. Obviously, we have to talk about solving all of that, but How are you going to specifically address the health disparities side of health disparities? How are you going to um, address those health issues as they stand now? Um, And not just the systemic stuff behind it, because that might take a little more time. And an issue that came up less so under de Blasio's mayoralty, but certainly a lot during Mayor Bloomberg is what's the line between the authority of the government as a kind of um, overseer and monitor of public health and individual choice? Um, You know, that came up with Bloomberg when he was talking about banning big sodas, um, talking about a a controversial circumcision ritual used in some communities. Um, Obviously, it's going to come up more and more in terms of vaccination. Where does personal choice end and kind of public policy and public prerogative begin? It'd be really interesting to hear candidates talk, at least philosophically, about where they draw that line. Because, again... We know the issues we're facing now, but it's likely the next mayor, especially if she or he serves for eight years, is going to encounter new and different ones where that line between authority and uh, independence and autonomy has to be drawn.
1: And, and as we wrap up here, you know, I do want to also add to that um, there, there's ongoing questions about what are the best ways to deal with substance use, substance misuse. Uh, questions the mayor has sort of come around on related to uh, possibly opening up things like safe injection sites, although he hasn't really moved aggressively on that. And part of that has been state and federal partners needing to get involved. Um, you know, so, so those are immense issues. And also we'd be remiss in this conversation, we mentioned housing, but also in terms of public health, you know, people having stable housing, what the homeless shelter uh, system looks like, how people who are living on the streets and the subways are treated, you know, this is all part of, of public health and people's individual uh, health. And I'm sure there's other things that we haven't mentioned, but just a couple of things that occurred to me as we're, you know, wrapping up the conversation that the next mayor, the next city council and others will really need to be uh, thinking about.
0: Well, if you want to think about more on the health front and other issues confronting New York City in 2021, please be sure to check out GothamGazette.com or CityLimits.org. Tune in every Wednesday at 5 to WBAI 99.5 FM to hear the Max and Murphy show. And for information on whether you're registered and when and how to vote, please go to vote.nyc.